You're listening to The Firsts, The Forerunners of Islam, the series that visits those distinguished as leaders of humanity, not only in history, but in the ranks of the next world. Dive into the stories of the giants who were the first of their kind as they rose to the occasion and became preserved inspirations for generations to come. With your host, Sheikh Dr. Omar Suleiman, let's meet the firsts. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, salatatam, rasulullah, wa alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome back to the first shorts where we are covering the lives of some of those companions about whom we don't have much information, but who made major contributions or have major stories behind them. SubhanAllah, the person that we are speaking about today, I want to begin by actually speaking about her father, who is not a praiseworthy man, who in fact is someone who is known for being one of the cruelest people to the Prophet Sallallahu and who was distinguished by a particular incident where he showed his evil most. And I want you to go back to a moment where the Prophet Sallallahu is praying in front of the Kaaba in Mecca. And as he is praying in front of the Kaaba in Mecca, the Messenger Sallallahu is being watched by his enemies and they are looking at him and they make a challenge amongst themselves. Abu Jahl says, who will take some of the intestines of a camel and dump it on the back of Muhammad Sallallahu while he is in prostration, while he is in sujood. So take camel guts and dump it on his back and humiliate him while he, had, while he is in his prayer in front of the Kaaba. And this man, Uqba bin Abi Mu'it, says, I will do it. So he goes and he gathers all of the guts of the camel, all of the filth of a camel. And while the Prophet ﷺ is in sujood, he dumps all of that on his back, alayhi salatu wasalam, and it collapses the Prophet ﷺ in his sujood. And it is one of the most humiliating moments. And all of these elites of Quraysh from the enemies of the Messenger ﷺ, start to roar in laughter. While they do that, Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha is at home. And this is after the death of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. Fatima is at home, a young girl who should not have to witness such a thing from her father. And she hears what is happening to her father alayhi salatu wasalam in front of the Kaaba. She goes out and she is in tears as she is trying to clean off the back of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam what Uqbah had put on his back. And the Prophet Sallallahu comforts Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha and he tells her that do not be sad, Allah will give victory to your father. And the Prophet Sallallahu also at that moment made dua against some of those people whom we would find would be killed in Badr. And so SubhanAllah, that is a moment that captures a great deal of arrogance from Uqbah bin Abi Mu'it and captures a great deal of sadness on the part of the Prophet Sallallahu and on Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha and shows a man who was willing to descend to the lowest of low to prove his arrogance and to prove his opposition to our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, when this happens and you see this, this scene you know, unfolding, think about the children of that man. Think about what they were nurtured upon, the hatred of the Prophet that they were taught. And remember that the Prophet had hope in the children of his enemies. He had hope for many of his enemies and especially the next generation, the children of those enemies. And SubhanAllah, out of all people, this man, all six of the children of Uqbah became Muslim. All six of them 
became Muslim. We know Ikrama bin Abi Jahl became Muslim, for example. In the case of this man, all six of his children, Al-Walid ibn Uqba, who in fact would go on to be, be a governor uh, under Uthman anhu, a governor of, I believe, Kufa. Uh, Ammara became Muslim. Khalid, the son of Uqba bin Abi Mu'it, became Muslim. Um Hakim became Muslim. Hind became Muslim. But there is one that stands out amongst them, and that is the woman that we are speaking about today, who is Um Kulthum bint Uqba ibn Abi Mu'it. Um Kulthum bint Uqba ibn Abi Mu'it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with Um Kulthum, the daughter of Uqba ibn Abi Mu'it. So she is a, a person who will precede her siblings in Islam, and of course, whose father uh, will pass away in a humiliated way as he tried to humiliate the Prophet Now, Umm Kulthum is also the sister of Uthman anhu, in that they had the same mother. So she's the half-sister of Uthman ibn Affan because they shared the same mother whose name was Arwa bint Qurayz. So Uthman anhu, uh, of course, we know his position in Islam and how early on he became Muslim. They have the same mother. What is she distinguished by in terms of her Islam? Not just the fact that she embraced Islam early on. She didn't wait until the Fatah, until the conquest, where many of the children of the enemies of the Prophet and the enemies themselves became Muslim. But in fact, she became Muslim at a very inconvenient time. And she is known as the first woman to make hijrah alone from her parents' home. What does this mean? She wasn't married. She was single and she leaves the home of her family to go and to join the Prophet And this was right around the time of Hudaybiyyah. So this is not around the time of the Hijrah from Mecca to Medina that we know of, but rather this is around the time of Hudaybiyyah. Now, if you remember from the story of Abu Jandal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, one of the conditions of Hudaybiyyah was to return anyone from Medina to Mecca when they came to the Prophet So if anyone from Mecca came to join the Prophet in Medina, the condition of Hudaybiyyah was that they would be returned. And so we, we know the painful incident that took place with Abu Jandal who shows up right at the time of Surah Hudaybiyyah. Umm Kulthum she escapes and she goes to join the Prophet as well. And she joins the Prophet in Medina, again, the first woman to make hijrah alone, single, without a husband, without anyone with her, from her parents' home to join the Prophet And as she arrives, her brothers, who at that time were not Muslim yet, Ammara and Al-Walid, they come to the Prophet and they say, Ya Muhammad, rudda alayna ukhtana bil-aqd alladhi baynana wa baynak. O Muhammad, you have to return our sister in accordance with the conditions that were made. And Umm Kulthum protests to the Prophet She says, Ya Rasulullah, I'm not like the men. You know what they're going to do to me. And they did not mean women like me when they made that condition with you. Meaning when they made that condition, they were speaking in the context of young men and they were speaking in the context of battle and, and you know, what this means in terms of you know, the, the tribal loyalties and things of that sort. But they were not speaking about me. They didn't have me in mind when they made that condition with you, Ya Rasulullah. I'm a woman, I'm very vulnerable. I don't have anyone to protect me. If they take me back, you know what they're going to do to me. So the Prophet was in a difficult situation. And Rasulullah of course, only acts upon revelation. And so an ayah comes down in regards to 
her situation. Ya ayyuhaladina amanu, ida ja'akum al mu'minatu muhajiratin, famtahihuhunna, Allahu a'lamu bi imanihin, fa in alimtumuhunna mu'minatin, fala tarji'uhunna ila al kufar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh, you who believe, when the female believers come to you as migrants, uh, when they come to you as muhajirat, when they come to you as, as migrants, then test them and Allah knows best about their iman, about their belief. So if you find them to truly be believers, then do not return them to those arrogant disbelievers. And so this comes down in regards to her and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, rescued her from this situation and she was allowed to stay in Medina rather than go back with Al-Walid and Ammara. So now she's in Medina. This is the daughter of Uqba bin Abi Mu'it. And she is single. And SubhanAllah, I mean, think about what it took for her, how much Iman she had to have, how much faith this woman had to have to bring herself out of this situation. So what would Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala bless her with? Uh, Zayd ibn al-Haritha radiallahu ta'ala anhu would marry her. So she's married to Zayd radiallahu ta'ala anhu and he had two children from her and then Zayd ibn al-Haritha radiallahu anhu dies as a shaheed. Then after Zayd ibn al-Haritha, Az-Zubayr ibn Awwam radiallahu ta'ala anhu also married her and she had a daughter from Az-Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and they were at some point divorced. Then the Prophet ﷺ requested on her, uh, her hand on behalf of Abdurrahman ibn Awf anhu, who married her and they had several children. So she was married to Zayd ibn Haritha and then she was married to Az-Zubayr and then she was married to Abdurrahman ibn Awf and she had several children from Abdurrahman ibn Awf. And then after he passed away, she was married to Amr ibn As anhu, and Amr ibn As died, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, and she died a month after her marriage to Amr ibn al-As, and it was under the Khilafah of her brother Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So subhanAllah, this, this, this woman made hijrah, ended up marrying these men, having several children, some of whom would go on to narrate a few ahadith from her, having the companionship of the Prophet having these distinctions, think about who her father was, and think about who she was, and think about the power of Allah's guidance to this person, despite all of the obstacles that would naturally be ahead of her radiallahu ta'ala anha. And you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, people that were persecuted as, as, you know, being enslaved in Mecca and all that they went through. And each one has their unique challenges, right? And you think about her and what it took for her to bring herself out of that powerful home and that powerful tribe in those moments because of no reason, not because her husband dragged her along, she wasn't married, no, because she believed in Allah and she believed in the Messenger wasallam. So Uqba, who made the daughter of the Prophet wasallam cry, his daughter goes on to embrace the Prophet wasallam's message and become one of the great companions of the Prophet wasallam. And so SubhanAllah, as we said, she died a month after her marriage to Amr ibn As, and this was under the Khilafah of Uthman ibn Affan anhu, and it was said that Uthman anhu, he led her janazah and he himself carried out the burial and he was seen after the janazah standing for a long time over her grave making dua for her. So I just, you know, I think about this woman subhanAllah, how blessed she must have been to have a man like Uthman anhu, standing over your grave for a long time making dua for you, the man from whom the angels were shy and of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
would answer the du'as of this man عنhu, and she goes on and while her father is prominent amongst the people of the earth for his disbelief and for his rejection of the Prophet وسلم, we ask Allah that she be amongst the most prominent from the righteous believers for her sacrifices and what she went through to become a believing woman, to become a muhajira, the first muhajira in her situation and to become a woman who would marry some of the greatest men and have children that would go on to become narrators of the hadith of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullah khayran. See you all next time inshaAllah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This podcast was brought to you by Yaqeen Institute for Islamic Research. Dismantling doubts and nurturing conviction. One truth at a time. Tune in every week for the next episode. And don't forget to subscribe to this channel and share with friends. Until next time, this has been The Firsts, The Forerunners of Islam.